HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Open Table is a proud sponsor of Heritage Radio Network. For more information, visit their blog, Open for Business, at openforbusiness.opentable.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Is it time to give your digital life a spring cleaning? If the answer is yes, stay tuned to this episode of Tech Bytes. Hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. It is Monday afternoon. Finally, we have some beautiful sunny weather out here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm in the shipping container radio station of Heritage Radio Network out here at Roberta's Pizza, and that means one thing. It means it's time for Tech Bites, the weekly radio show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today, we have something a little different every now and again to create good balance in life, in our digital life, we like to disconnect a little bit. So today's show is going to be about spring cleaning and a little restart for your digital life and your real life self. And to help us do that, we have a returning guest, a Tech Bytes returning guest, Paul K. Alexander, who this will be your third appearance on Tech Bytes. Third time on the show. Hello, everybody. So appearance maybe might be an overstatement. The first episode you came in on was episode 39. And then you phoned in on our year-end episode. Yep. So you're, you're an old family favorite now. Good to be here. <laughs> so we are going to kick off this episode, like we always do, going around the shipping container, talking about apps, our favorite apps, old favorites, new ones. And... I think today, just for fun, we'll kick it off with a voice we haven't heard in a long time. Now he's back. Malcolm the Intern. Hello. Oh, God, that was really loud. Wow. That was really loud. Who's, who's riding the button back there? <laughs> um, so do you want me to tell you about the app that I found? Sure. All we'd right. love to. So there's an app that I found called Companion, which I believe is one of like the better apps out there um it's one of those apps that you think is a little bit suspect because it does track where you go um but it's not meant for adults i don't think um the, the gist of the app is that it um you put in your location when you're on your way to somewhere like let's say your kid is on his way or his or her way to like summer camp or some school and you put in your location and you get to choose um a select few contacts and the app will basically check in on check in on check in with you on your way to your location asking you if you're okay and if there's no response then um it'll either call the cops or one of your emergency contacts um and i think it's a really good app just um to keep kids safe you know i think it's really cool that's actually something that i've heard about i'm glad you brought it up that's actually fantastic for kids it's also really great for people who live in you know high density potentially high danger environments like new york city i mean if you're walking home late at night or riding the subway by yourself whether you're a adult or you know a child letting people know you got there safely and making sure you get there safely i think is a great thing i think we're going to swing around to brent bartley who is our 
live broadcast coordinator who was chuckling at the beginning of Malcolm's Well, it just sounded a little funny talking about it's for kids or it's not for adults or I, I'm not, I don't remember exactly what he said. But yeah, it sounds like a great app. Um, I'm checking it out right now online. Uh, it seems pretty interesting and I could definitely use this uh, for any of my dates to make sure that they got home safely. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, but my app is very, very different. My app is more music-based and a little bit more carefree. I'm, I'm really into Mixcloud. It's uh, an app for DJs that they can upload different mixes. And, you know, you can pick different genres of music you're into. You can pick different DJs that you could follow. And you see what they've uploaded or what they've clicked like on. You can compile different mixes to lay, play at a later date. Um, it's been really, really great for me as I'm teaching classes. I teach uh, as I teach Muay Thai. It's good to have uh, a steady soundtrack of like high energy music as I play. And I use Mixcloud pretty much every day when I teach. That's interesting because most people who use Mixcloud are somehow related to the music industry, which Jack Inslee, our engineer, Heritage Radio Network executive producer, resident, full service radio party DJ yeah, host yeah. with the most... I like Mixcloud. Mixcloud's cool because they don't take mixes down due to like copyright stuff the same way SoundCloud has been. It's kind of one of the last frontiers for DJs to upload mixes without being like fearful of them being taken down. Well, maybe I shouldn't say anything about it then. We should yeah. keep, it <laughs> keep it a secret. Exactly. Shh. Shh. We'll edit that out. Uh, but Jen, I, I'm I'm happy to report to you that I've used Caviar three times in the past week. Really? Yeah, and I love it. Wow. Okay. So what is it that you love about it? Well, you know, this all started, uh, I was having a rough day. Um, said to myself, you know what I really want is Pock Pock. I want Fat Thai. That's just what I'm in the mood for. So I looked up the website to see the hours that they were open. I was planning on just driving over there. And on the front page, it was like, we're newly available on Caviar. And I'm like, I wonder if they deliver to me, you know? And then it turns out they did. And I was like, wow, really? And then I looked at the list of restaurants that Caviar had that were available to deliver to me. And it's just like, why would I ever use Seamless again? Um, it's a total game changer. The, the money is, it's not that much more money. You're paying like maybe a $3 service charge. Um, these are restaurants that are clearly like well outside of your normal delivery zone. And they're curated. It's, there's nothing on the list that's like you're, you know, around the corner had Thai place um so i mean the customer service was great everything was prompt it was fresh it was just such a good experience well i'm glad to hear that you had a good experience i'm glad to hear you're not using seamless after our our delivery exactly. services bad for restaurants episode last year i'd be curious to know from the restaurant point of view how caviar works i think it's probably a little bit friendlier to restaurant bottom lines in that caviar provides the containers and the drivers and all of that right yeah that's exactly right um that's what it seems like to me at least um, which i think is the breakpoint difference mm -hmm, and then that's where your service charge is coming from i believe right. so that makes more sense to me okay um yeah i mean that's it just you good, remember good caviar? caviar? Mike Lee was the first, one of the first guests on episode number yeah. one of Tech Bytes. Exactly. Because he was on the Forbes 30 under 30 list for 2015. That was our first show. And I finally come around to it. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Lee from San Francisco. I think they sold caviar since for quite a pretty penny. Mm, I can see why. All right. So very good. Good coming around full circle. I think, Paul, that means we're up to you. Although, given that Paul is an acupuncturist, uh, sort of wellness expert, oriental medicine, martial arts. You're not really an app guy. I'm not an app guy. You know this, Jennifer, but uh, I do find myself using Uber, and I'm really happy with it. Oh, interesting. I, I don't know if you guys have done the, uh, the pool share. Um, you save a lot of money. I think it's like 25%, and you meet some, sometimes some really interesting people. Really interesting people. <laughs> Especially if you take it late at night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a one interesting person story you want to share? No names. Um, my lady and I were going home one day after a show and uh, we were pulling up. Um, it was Fifth Avenue, I think, right by Washington Square Park. And this really just drunk girl tried to get in the car and she started yelling at us for, for not letting us in, for not letting her in to take her home. Um, and she was just totally inebriated. So um, we decided to 
get going because she she and someone actually escorted her out. Um, that was going to be a good, I thought it was going to be a good story, but it's not. <laughs> so it turns out to be a cautionary tale. Yes, of uh, we were concerned because you know what if uh, had she actually called the Uber or did I, we have she, no, I mean she so was, you have no idea. So no car idea. just pulled up and she tried to get she in. Tried to get in. We said no, and uh, she was yet sort of yelling at us. And then someone else actually helped escort her out. But our concern was you know what if she got into the car with someone? What would have happened then? Because, right. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like um, a real-life instance where somebody could probably have used that companion app. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Right? Um, and, you know, companion app is good. Uber's good. And also a cautionary tale of, you know, friends shouldn't let friends just walk out onto the street drunk in the middle of the night. <laughs> friends put friends into cabs and Ubers and all that kind of stuff or let them sleep on their couch. Or at least make sure they get home safely. Exactly. Exactly. So we have Paul here, back again. You know, I was doing like many people do, switching out the winter clothes for the spring and summer clothes and doing a little spring cleaning in my house. You know, some painting and organizing and things like that, getting rid of stuff, taking stuff to donate to Goodwill. And I thought, you know what? It's such a good time of year to be doing these kinds of things. Wouldn't it be great to do a spring cleaning and an assessment and a reset on that digital life that we have, which is really kind of all-consuming? I think our digital lives today cover everything from the music we listen to, to how we get home, to what we do at work. That I asked Paul if he wanted to come back to give us a game plan on how to do a good spring cleaning for your digital life and hopefully reset your personal life to be a little bit less tech, more real life, and have some nice balance going into the spring season. You know, there's so many books and websites and how-tos and articles and magazines about how to triage your closet and how to reorganize your kitchen and all that, how to repaint, you know, and feng shui your house. I figure we can do the same thing for our digital lives. So, Paul, so happy to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. And, um, I mean, from your point of view, I'm, I'm assuming that this is the perfect time of year to be doing it. It is. Um, we're approaching, actually, now summertime, and it's a wonderful time to just detox, not just from your tech, but everything. So, your home, your body, your mind, and, of course, your technology. Why do we need to do that? Because when you make space... It allows the body to heal. Everything becomes more efficient, and you give rise to the potential of a brand new thing. So, often on the day to day, if I think I'm in pretty good shape and you know I'm running along in my New York City life, it, is there even anything that I would need to heal? Is there even anything that needs to be You're, like emptied and refreshed? I mean, I feel kind of fine. <laughs> Our bodies are in a constant state of healing um, from the moment we're born to the moment we die. So to give it a break from that uh, taxation is always a good thing so that it doesn't kind of compound and build up. So the episode that Paul was on last year, um, I think that was episode 39 back in November of 2015, we talked about things you could do on the day-to-day to restructure your morning and your evening and your day to get off of your technology a little bit more. When you and I spoke about doing the show, we talked about doing something a little more drastic over the weekend, doing like a big weekend detox. So how would we structure something like that? So I think, uh, I think having a committed weekend where you would think, I'm thinking from Friday night to Saturday night. That's, that's a realistic... Or to Sunday, Friday to Sunday. Well, that's what you, yeah. <laughs> that's what you I want. I want to do Friday to Sunday. Yes. Um, I think uh, that's commendable if you can do it, but I think realistically with the encouragements I'm going to give to a 24-hour fast, okay. a, a total fast, where you're going to do not just a technology fast, but a food fast, um, a people fast, where you kind of put yourself in isolation for 24 hours, would be a good way to kind of just recharge and reset everything in your, in your whole system, mind, body, and spirit. Okay, so something really comprehensive. Yes. All right, so 24 hours, I think that's a good amount of time to commit to. How far in advance do you think you need to schedule something like that to prepare for it? I think a few days, maybe if you need a number, a week. 
Um, that way you could let the powers that be know that you're going to be out of communication from Friday to Saturday or whatever days you choose. So the same way people, when they get ready to go on vacation yeah. or they get ready to go out of town, you set your email with a, I'll be out of the office or out of town or, you know, incommunicado from this day to that day. And I think part of making people comfortable getting off their technology and, and going away from the world also is letting people know that they will so that they're not worried about missing out on something, whether it be something fun and great, like a brunch date with your friends or something important from work. If work knows that you're out of pocket for 24 hours, they probably won't bother you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, 24 hours is not a whole lot of time in, in our mind. You know, one hour is a lot, but it's actually rea reality speaking. It's not a long chunk of time. I think it's like a thousand news cycles on the Internet, though. <laughs> Brent, have you ever gone out of pocket for 24 hours? Completely no, incommunicado? Absolutely not. And, I, and, you know, listening to this, it, this whole conversation has given me angst. And I feel like it's <laughs> indicative of the fact that I need to step away for a little bit. Step away from my technology and all that stuff. Brent, I'm so glad you brought that up because there's actually a highly addictive component to being um, on your cell phone specifically. Um, it has to do with part of our system. I think we talked about it last show. The sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, part of your uh, central nervous system. And when you're constantly on your phone looking for responses or sending messages out, it puts you in a constant state of arousal, right? So you're, you're sending things out. Part of the neurochemical called dopamine is secreted, and you're looking for responses. You're looking for feedback. So when you don't have those responses, it's very easy for you to get depressed, actually. So this is why it's a good idea to kind of take a step back. Um, if I'm going a little tangentially, I'll apologize, but studies are showing that uh, intermittent fasting, right, meaning stopping food every now and then for a period of time, a couple hours, 24 hours, a few days, um, really promotes a reset of your central nervous system, right? So the cortisol levels that are built up from stress, um, they all dissipate and are able to fire healthily again. Um, I think the same would be true with your technology. If you could just, a la the intermittent fasting fast from your phone for a period of time, whether it be an hour, uh, a day, 24 hours or 48 hours, that will give your brain, the neurochemicals and neural pathways in your brain, a chance to reset again. So the fact that you're feeling a little angst and a little bit apprehensive about doing that, um, you know, that's probably a sign that we all need to do that. Yeah. yeah. I can say that there have been instances where I've forgotten my phone at home and for the first hour or so, I, I panic, you know, you're walk, I'm walking around and panic. And then after a while, I start to relax and I realize it's kind of nice to not be tethered down to this, to this thing in my pocket. You know, of course, the next day I, I make sure not to forget. <laughs> but, you know, for that few hours or so while I'm without it, 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 did, it, it was nice. It's very liberating. It's empowering, too, to say you can do that. Just like this, the, the, the strategy behind a fast where you can stop eating and you're not at the mercy of having to eat it builds your willpower every time you do something like that. And I think the other thing to remember, and especially for everybody sitting here, you know, we're not 10 years old and only having lived our lives with iPhones. I mean, we all remember when you didn't have a mobile phone and you didn't have, you know, Google Maps and people weren't texting you and calling you all the time. You had maybe a phone answering machine with a tape cassette. And if you were going to meet people out in life for a date, at a concert, at a museum, for work. You just had to go and show up at the place and meet them. Yeah. There was no, I'm going to call you, I'm texting you, I'm late, I'm here, I'm not there. We still managed for hundreds of years to find people out in the world, make appointments, keep them, and connect with people. Do you remember that, Brent? Absolutely. I, I did it yesterday. I had to meet a guy on the subway platform. And I'm underground with no service, and he's underground with no service, and you know we kind of made it happen, and you know it was a little it was a little touch and go for a moment, but we found we found each other. So I think part of um, the initial piece of reducing anxiety from you know sort of cloistering yourself from the world is preparing for it. So like Paul says. Pick a date, give yourself a week, maybe two weeks if you need to more time to gear up for it. Let the people you're typically in communication with know. You can set your status on all of your social media. 
your bios, your status offline for 24 hours before you go in and, and let people know so that you can have the reassurance of being covered and everyone will know and people won't say, oh my God, I was texting you the whole time I was watching the show and you weren't answering. What's the matter? Then people will know. You know, it's just to comment on what you guys said before about you didn't have your, your technology to find people. Um, we all have these abilities, these internal intrinsic abilities to sense things before they happen. I'm not getting all metaphysical out there, but we have them. You guys as martial artists know if you face a fighter, you know if, how they're going to be, how they feel, if they're going to throw, how they're going to uh, check. Um, when we start to rely on other things, we actually atrophy all that different types of potential. You know, science shows that at most we use 14% of our brain. Um, the other percent is where I get to I get to experience this in my in my work, which is really rewarding. Where people will experience. Um, premonitions or the ability to view things before they happen. And I don't mean to be all metaphysical, like I said, but uh, I've had a chance to experience it. And they, they, these potentials will atrophy if we um, don't work them out. So you're the same way if you were riding a bike every day and you stopped riding a bike. The next time you got on it, you'd probably be tired. Your muscles would be out of shape. Your brain and your internal body and your digestive system and your nervous system and all those things you can think of them as like muscles like things that need to work all the time otherwise they stop working absolutely and also you know back in the day we had to remember phone numbers and things like that because we're not doing that we just punch it into the phone we had to know how to spell we had to know how to spell we right? had to know people's phone numbers we uh, had to 100%. so there was a very funny article in the New York Times magazine section years and years ago and it was written by a, a guy who actually wind, wound up breaking up with his girlfriend because she got mad at him because he got stranded at the beach after surfing one day and he had been with her for a couple of years but in the smartphone era and he didn't actually have her phone number memorized and he found himself at a payphone stranded at the beach because he had gotten I think robbed and the only phone number he could remember was his ex-girlfriend. Ouch. So he wound up calling her Ouch, to get some help, but then the current girlfriend was really angry about it, and they wound up breaking up, and then it was a whole commentary about things we have to remember and things we don't and you know how the memory cycle works. But, yeah. <laughs> wow. I can feel his pain. <laughs> because you're intuitive. I guess so. <laughs> so we have a date... We've notified people that we're going under for 24 hours. We've set email automatic responses or set our statuses to let people know. What else do we need to do to prepare for this 24-hour fast? I would encourage you to do this by yourself, right? So don't make it a, a couple's thing or a friend thing. Um, I think it was it, uh, Hippocrates, the father of Western medicine, said that we need solitude um, to remember who we are. Um, so do this by yourself. Uh, I think it's also a good idea to, to not be too active when you do this detox because I'm also encouraging all of you to also stop eating. So to see what that experience is like. So is there anything we need to do to prepare or get ready? Anything, you know? I think that day maybe have a, hel a bunch of healthy meals to know that you're about to stop. So um, whatever that means to you, organic if possible, um, just the best way to prepare is to get ready to do nothing, basically. We're always in a constant state of doing, having to answer this and that. Um, prepare yourself to do nothing. So to answer your question, no, you don't have to do anything. Just get ready to do nothing. Okay. So when we come back from the break, we're going to find out more about doing nothing for 24 hours. But in the interim, we want you to listen to some new music and hear from our sponsors. Table is a proud sponsor of Heritage Radio Network. Open Table is home to the world's largest dining network, seating over 17 million diners every month. Their technology solutions help restaurants run and grow their businesses. That means providing memorable hospitality to every guest, streamlining front of house operations, and optimizing seating to seat more diners and drive more business. 
chefs, restaurateurs, and other industry professionals can find more tips and best practices for running a successful restaurant on their blog, Open for Business, at openforbusiness.opentable.com. If you've just joined us and you're wondering what you're listening to, this is Tech Bites, the weekly heritage radio show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. But today, we're talking about doing a 24-hour tech fast to get you off the technology and into some nice balance, refresh, reset to make life a little bit better. The same way you'd clean out your closet and clean out the garage and paint the house and maybe reorganize your kitchen. Why not reorganize your digital life and at the same time, sort of your internal life? Sounds like a good idea. So we're with Paul K. Alexander, who is a New York City-based acupuncturist, wellness expert. He has a very unique blend of oriental medicine, martial arts, and sort of an urban community feeling to what he does. And he is recommending a 24-hour total fast, meaning no technology, no eating, no rigorous activity, no other people being by yourself, and just doing a real huge reset. We're a little anxious about the idea in the studio because <laughs> it seems kind of extreme. Jack, are you anxious just listening to this? No, no, no. I'm, I'm into it. Okay. Well, maybe you'll be the first one to try it. Yeah, I would love to. Trust me. So, Real setting- quick, can I, can I throw a little curveball in here? This is just something, a thought that I had last week that kind of fits into this show. One day, and we can talk about this later, I want to throw a phone-free party where you have to check your phone at the door. Um, obviously, it's kind of like a logistical challenge, but the thought of it, I think it'd be really cool. It's like Dave Chappelle comedy shows. Apparently, right, that's, yeah, exactly. that's what he's been doing. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, to be in like a, a club setting or a party setting and it's just like you can't have a phone. You're not allowed. Well, I was going to say you could try and do some sort of tech thing where you would just shut down the Internet connection, but then people would still be taking pictures yeah, and doing stuff and yeah, all that anyway. Yeah. Sort of like check your phone at the door. Yep. Like they do at the court building. Yep. <laughs> where you go through security if you have your phone, they make you leave it in that little thing. That's yeah. federal court in downtown Manhattan for anybody who's listening. So, Paul, get ready to do nothing. So Friday night to Saturday night, we've set it all up. We've let everybody know we're going to be in Comunicado. We've had some nice meals. So you go to bed on Friday night, and, and then what? <laughs> you go to bed, you wake up. And check in with yourself when you wake up. How so do you, f- you you just you just go to bed. Treat it as you, no alarm because no phone, no technology. You just go to sleep and then you wake up when you wake up. Yes, that yep. in and of itself is kind of a extreme miraculous first step. Well, based on the last show, I mean it, it's it's possible, and I know from my own personal experience, I've been getting up really really early for many many years, and I usually wake up before my alarm goes off. So I feel like that's the kind of thing that with a little bit of practice that can, that's pretty easy to accomplish. Yeah. But just to clarify, when you go to bed on Friday night, you have turned off your phone, you've turned off all your technology, you're not setting an alarm and you basically have no plans on Saturday. No plans. You've cleared your calendar. Right. So you go to bed with every intention of just sleeping until you wake up. Yes. Right. People underestimate the value of sleep. So this is all about detoxing and resetting yourself. So lay in bed, chill out, do nothing, right? Because we always feel like we have to be responding or reacting to the stimulation of of technology and the world. If you wake up without having to do anything, check in with yourself. How does that feel? Um, To comment on, on Brent's point, too, is that our bodies... They're so responsive physically and um, hormonally as well. So when you're used to going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time, your body will uh, follow suit. So a good way to check in with yourself, um, if you're healthy or not, is actually are you able to, is your body able to have that routine? Meaning are you able to wake out up without that alarm? And if the answer is yes, you can pretty, be pretty sure that you're, on some level health is good. So, but if you sleep for like the entire 24 hour period or something like that, then you're talking you, about the day, no. then you're, you're worried or, you know, how long is a sleep window 
you know, what if you sleep for 17 hours or 15 hours? Then is you there a break? For, there's, then you sleep for 17 hours. I think this is an opportunity to really get inspired. And that, that's been my new mission for the past few months. Um, to be inspired means to be in your spirit, to be in you. So if you, if laying in bed for 17 hours inspires you, meaning that is what you need to do, do it. If you need to sit there and feel pissed off because you don't have your phone, do that, right? This is all that's going to develop and instigate awareness in how your mind operates, what your habits are. Um, maybe one thing I would suggest now that off the top of my head is journal this. Write down and like how fidgety or anxious you feel because you don't have um, something to do or technology. So you wake up when you wake up. Maybe you journal a little bit. And then I'm assuming that we're allowed to get up and like take a shower or have a bath or do something like that? Yeah, of course. Um, the whole motivation behind this is to detox. So I think you mentioned before cleaning out your your home, your space. This is a wonderful time to do that. So not only are we going to abstain from, from food, but let's also take an hour or two or however long it takes, go through your home from a feng shui perspective, look around and try to get rid of stuff. From a feng shui perspective, if you find something that you're trying to think about to keep or to not to keep ask yourself do you love it do you use it and do you need it and if it doesn't satiate at least two of those three get rid of it um one of my feng shui teachers taught me early on in my career that if one of your patients comes in with constipation um without even treating them just advise them to throw three things a day away a day uh, for two weeks and see what happens. And I've made that recommendation several times, all with outstanding results. They, their bowels re resume. It's amazing how um, energy has influence on all parts of our activities. So if you're clearing stuff away from your home um, and you're not eating and you're giving everything a chance to reset, watch how health improves as well. So it's your energy and your decision and your decisiveness that is going to guide your day versus the energy of an artificial object and smartphone and all those kinds of things. Yeah, and then you, stepping out of one energy source and into your own is probably half the battle. That's not an easy thing, right? Um, to be into your spirit. Um, you used the word before, intuition. Like get, get in tune to yourself. How often do you get a chance to do that? Probably less often than we think. Yeah. So while we're doing a little house cleaning, and I, I think three getting rid of three items is good a day. That, that sounds manageable to me. Um, throughout the course of this, though, if you're fasting, but that means you're still drinking water or like water. lemon water yes. or something like that. Or yeah. is there a recommended amount of water that you still need to drink during the day to keep yourself sort of hydrated or for this and just health in general you should always drink half your body weight in ounces of water on a daily basis so if i weigh 100 pounds 50 ounces of water okay yeah um, on this day in particular because you're fasting add a little lemon in it um, you can up your water intake okay so then what do you do you, you got up you had some lemon water you took a shower you got rid of some stuff I don't know. What, what time, if you were doing this, Brent, what time do you think it would be during the day? Because you would get up at like five in the morning. Yeah, I get up <laughs> super early. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this, like I would have to hide my stuff. I would have to hide my phone. I'd have to hide my computer because my instinct is to grab, you know, as I lay there, my, my routine is to grab my computer and read the paper. You don't think you could be in the same place with them and not? Well, not in my bedroom. I'd have to like, I usually get up and when I say get up, I, I lay in bed and read the paper on electronically. Okay. So I'd have to put my computer in the spare bedroom. So maybe that's part of your preparation for it on Friday is powering everything down and putting it into the closet or under the bed or something. something. Yeah. Cause I mean like I find that my instinct is like I grab for it before. You wouldn't even. be able to not grab for it. Just like put it away and. Uh, it's it's like second nature. You're going to totally have to do this over the course of the next couple months so you can report back to yeah. us I and see be, how far I you get. I could be your prime guinea pig because yep. all this stuff is, <laughs> is so triggering to me. I like forget, throw away three things. And you can't see this because it's on radio, but he has a, a sort of slightly wide-eyed, yeah. apprehensive look yeah, on his face is... that he typically does not have. 
I I I skew a little bit towards hoarder. So to throw away some stuff, I'm like, oh god. It's only three things. A day. A day for two weeks. That's if we're trying to resolve constipation. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm actually encouraging people if they're going to do this 24-hour fast, um, they just do a full-on scope, a sw- um, sweep of their house, and to see if there's anything that they can get rid of, um, and just see how you feel. Yeah. You might need more than 24 hours, Brent. <laughs> so you go through, decide to get rid of some things. You don't need to throw them into the garbage if that makes you anxious. You can give them to any number of charities. You could sell them. You could swap them and repurpose them. So this is not a just like put all your stuff on the curb idea. Um, And you can deal with that after the 24-hour period. But, you know, maybe just put things into boxes or bags and then put them on the side. And then, you know, later when you're finished with the fasting period, you can decide the best way to either sell them, donate them, or trade them in for other stuff. So what else would you do while you're doing nothing? Would you go outside and take a walk or no? Or Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think move a little bit. Try to avoid places that you know you're going to encounter people. I think it's important to really contemplate being by yourself for a little bit. But go take a walk. Just keep it very nice and easy. I think the push here is you're trying to figure out what to do, what to do. I think the main message is do nothing. Like, there's nothing wrong with just sitting at home in your bed and just chilling out, reading a book. So reading a book is okay, but watching TV is not. I just, I would decompress from and detach from all technology. Anything, anything electronic. Anything electronic. Except for lights and maybe heaters. Or use a candle. Like that kind of thing. Use, oh, use a candle. Oh, okay. Wow. Think of all the money you would save, Brent, if you went electricity free. Yeah, it's a fire hazard, though. <laughs> so if you guys need some motivation, um, there's a lot of health dangers to being online excessively, right? Um, for men, when you're on the phone, especially using it to talk, uh, it's been shown to reduce sperm count and testosterone. Uh, for women, when they put it, when they put cell phones, you know, in their breast pocket or their their gene pocket, it's shown to um, be a strong candidate for cancer and fibroids and things like that. Um, so, I'm not one to use fear as a motivator, but just knowing that these these uh, bits have potentially some kind of damaging effects might be a a good motivation to look into this. The interesting thing is that human nature is to sort of suspend belief sometimes or have situational, uh, situational, you know, ethics or understanding about things. If you go to the dentist or the doctor and you're going to get an x-ray, all the technicians and the doctor are going to leave the room and put a big blanket on you and, you know, try and protect you from your, those x-rays. And we're all aware of that, and we believe in that, and I think people would be concerned if that didn't happen when they went to the dentist and got an x-ray. On the flip side of that, everybody seems really fine sleeping with the country's most powerful 5-gig network under their pillow and having all of those radio waves coursing through them all the time. Yeah, I think as a ground rule, you should keep your, your phone at least 10 feet away from your bed. Um, one, to avoid those harmful EMF radiation waves. And the other thing, just so that you can't grab it quickly. We're looking at you, Brent. <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged. We all are. So you fast. So then at the end of the day, when you're tired, you go to sleep. Yeah. And you don't set an alarm and you don't do anything. You just go to sleep. You just go to sleep when you feel tired. Get in tune. Get, get Really feel what your body's asking you to do. I think one of the things that I'm experiencing, and I know a lot of my clients experience, when we're so um, technology-oriented, we detach from ourselves. We lose that ability to sense things and how our, our bodies are trying to communicate to us. Well, I think also there is a mentality if you're an athlete, if you're you know, interested in performance or a martial artist. There's also, if you're interested in, you know, sort of being successful and pushing through your day, there is a mentality, which is you just have to work through it or you just have to push through it. Or if you're doing something and you get a cramp or you're tired or you're this, you have to push through it to get to the end to be successful or to, you know, mind over matter or to have a strong will. So there is an element, I think, where we are trained in many instances to not listen to our bodies for the purpose of getting to the end goal or being the successful athlete. I mean, I think because we've all, you know, are in, you know, athletics and sports and martial arts in one way or another, 
How often, how familiar is that? You know, just push through it, just go and just get it done where you intentionally cultivate a strong ability to not listen to your body. Yeah. I've been told this is your body's way of telling you to quit and it's, you have to ignore it for whatever it is and push through this thing. And once you push through it. And we've all also been told, and your arms are going to get tired and you don't listen to them and you keep going or your legs are going to get tired or your foot has a cramp and you need to not listen to your foot and finish what you're doing. That has a benefit because you are working out and exercising your will, that, that for sure. But there, it's at a cost. You're also draining what we say in Chinese medicine is your essence. You're draining your, your jing qi specifically, which these are energetic reservoirs for later in life. So there's always a cost for this kind of mentality. At the same time, for sure, you're developing will. But my argument is now is that if you're going to do this detox, um, watch how bad you want to get on that phone. And by not doing it, you're going to instigate your will that way too. So it's a different way of developing willpower, um, just not as physical, I guess. Or a different side of physicality. Yes, absolutely. I mean, meditation is kind of doing nothing also, but that's really challenging. Would you recommend meditating during this time? Or is that a, a thing? Is <laughs> that a, doing something or not? All, or? It's really, I think just meditation to me is like the ultimate doing nothing. But you're still doing, right? Completely. So, yeah, that's the irony, the paradox maybe. Um, I think just follow your gut, follow your instinct, your intuition. How do you feel that day? I think having no agenda. And the reason why I'm, I'm really pushing this is because all of us in here and the listeners, we all have agendas. We have this expectation that we want our day to go a certain way. So you go to sleep that night when you're tired and then you wake up on Sunday morning. I'm thinking Friday night. So right. you go to oh, you go to sleep Friday night when you're tired. You wake up Saturday. You have your day of fasting. Yeah. So you go to sleep Saturday night when you're tired after your day of fasting and just hanging out. So in reflection. Sa- Saturday night, you've already made the 24-hour period. And right. I-, I think that's really most realistic. If you're going to take it all the way through until Sunday, one, you're pretty hardcore. Right. Um, and two, I-, I just don't, in terms of a tech detox, I don't know if you'd really need to do that. This is meant to illustrate um, awareness in you of how bad do you really need to use your phone. So when, so on Saturday night, you've hit the 24-hour period, you go to sleep that night. No, I think at that point, celebrate, right? Really oh, check okay. in. Yeah, check in and say, I've, I've made it. Like, I've, I've abstained from food, from technology, from people. How do I feel? Like, wh- what did I learn from this process? How addicted I, am I to, to all these elements? So how do you get back into things, though, also? Because I do know that there are ways of breaking a fast and there are so many different ethnic and religious ways of breaking fasts that you know some are celebratory and have really specific meals that are amazing the japanese meal of kaiseki is actually a fast breaking meal which most people don't really know they just associate it with really expensive fancy japanese restaurants (laughs) but it's actually based out of in kyoto when the monks would fast when they would come out of it they would have a very prescribed way that they would eat so that their system wouldn't be too shocked. Yeah. So if you've come out of a period, I think we've all gone through periods of fasting inadvertently sometimes. Like if you get a bad cold or you're sick and you're just not eating for a couple of days when you come out of it, you don't want to hit yourself. You don't want to hit your body with then like turning everything back on and, you know, having a big cheeseburger. You know, at, with 24 hours, the, the, there's really no danger in just loading yourself. So to break the fast... I think just, again, listening to your body and seeing what do you feel like eating. Okay. What if if you don't know how to listen to your body? What if you've never really listened? What if you don't know what it's saying to you? This is is what this is hopefully going to teach, that if you're so disconnected that you don't know how your body is messaging to you, it is worthwhile exploring mind-body practices that will teach you that. Okay. All right. And then... I guess you just see what happens and see how you feel the next day. Yeah. And then hopefully you'll put this into practice throughout your day. So you don't need to make a 24-hour process where you know, you're doing this once a month. I think on a daily, maybe weekly basis, can you just decompress and just commit to not being on your phone so much for maybe an hour? Um, that concept of intermittent fasting where you're just you're 
you're, you're abstaining from food for just a short amount of time to allow your body to reset. Try to do that with technology too. Um, I'm pretty confident that after this experience, you'll feel that that's, it's going to be a healthy practice to implement in your life. Because after the 24 hours, nothing cataclysmic will have happened because you didn't look at your phone every 15 minutes, get the tweet, check your Facebook, check your emails. Did anything cataclysmic happen that day you forgot your phone, Brad? No, no. Life went on just as normal. Okay. So I think that's also the discovery, not just the discovery of how much sleep does your body need or how do you feel when you're fasting, but also the reassurance of the world is going to be okay if you're not on your phone and you're going to be okay if you're not on your phone. Well, the question is, are you going to be okay, right? Because what what hopefully people are realizing is that there's an inherent addiction here. And I'm not saying to technology, I think there's an addiction to doing, like to to feel like you need to respond. I would go as far as to say a a marriage or a relationship with stress. Um, Most of us have that need to feel like we need to be assertive in doing things. Especially in New York. Yeah. Especially in New York. I think it has a little bit to do with that the answer to someone's question like how are you doing and people will say i'm really busy yes and yeah. busy. the valor of being too busy with no sleep that sort of weird badge of i'm yeah. super important and successful because i get no sleep and have a thousand emails in my inbox right which is so contrary to what the model of success used to be a short period of time i mean the model of success used to be how little time you had to spend doing emails and work, how much time you got to spend relaxing and and having quality time with friends and family and life in the outdoors. It used to be retire at 55, you know, work from nine to five, only Monday to Friday and all those kinds of things. And somehow technology, because it's 24 seven has created this artificial necessity to be going all the time. And I say it frequently being busy is not the same thing as being productive. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's also a trap that we fall into very easily with very technology. Confusing. I'm getting a lot done because I'm checking all these things, but you know, deleting a newsletter from a sportswear company is not really productivity. So that would be something to consider or to meditate on when you're doing your detox. Um, personal goal sets that are not just uh, professional in nature. Right, just asking yourself the fundamental question, what do I want? And really just coming to an answer with that. So I'm gonna ask Malcolm back in the booth because he is our intern who's in high school, which means generationally he has grown up in a world much more enabled by technology. I don't think he's ever experienced an answering machine with a tape cassette. I don't think he's ever had to meet up with his friends without having some sort of tech assistance. Malcolm, can you envision spending 24 hours without any technology? Uh, you know what? I would really like to because, like, I was told that I should do it the other day, and I was like, yeah, I should definitely try uh, to be off my phone for 24 hours, but it's just tough. Like, Especially, like, working here, because I have to be on, like, a computer all day or, like, be on my phone constantly. It's just I feel like I need to make, like, I'd have to make time to, like, not be online, you know? Okay. And then how much of your life outside of your work and school life do you spend online or on a device, including TV and video and all that, Xbox, anything like that? (laughs) Not as much as you'd think. I actually um, don't really play video games. I'm usually outside with my friends. I, like, uh, I don't enjoy spending time inside being on technology. It's usually something I do when I have to do it. Not, like, have to, but if I'm at home, like, I've got something to do the next day. I can't really be out all that late with my friends. I'll I'll, I'll watch TV for a solid couple of hours, maybe longer than I'd like to admit. Okay. Well, you know, it sounds like Jack wants to do a 24-hour detox also. Maybe you could have, like, a heritage radio engineer retreat. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like that. On a studio recording day, right? We'll just go black here. As long as it's not a Monday. Radio silence on a yeah, Monday. No, it's like we'll, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You Thursday, remember? Friday. I talked about this. I always used to say I was going to do tech-free Tuesdays, and then I know, Jack. I know. But you need to get out and do one. You had tech-free Tuesday. You had the thirty-day workout. You had the you, headspace meditation. You, you see the pattern emerging, don't you? We're going to put together a compilation episode of Jack's greatest hits <laughs> of fail, all your of failed all your, initiatives. But you can start again fresh tomorrow 
Yes. Every moment, yes. No, I do love this idea. Um, and uh, if I can find a free weekend, <laughs> I'll, I'll schedule it as a, as a silent one. <laughs> it's only 24 hours. You don't even need the whole weekend. True. There you go. So we are at the end of our time with Paul. And typically at the end of every show, I ask people for a piece of advice for our listeners. But this entire episode has been a big piece of lots of advice for listeners. If you could just really quickly, Paul, sum up what people should do to do a 24-hour complete tech mind-body detox. Lay it out real quickly for us. So I think pick a day. I think I'm just using Friday as the model and uh, start at maybe 8 p.m. and have a dedication that you're going to um, stop using your technology for 24 hours. You're going to, if possible, stop eating and you're going to clear out your home. And you're going to begin this Friday night, whatever time, go to bed, whatever, however late you want to go or early you want to go, wake up whenever you want to wake up and spend the whole day checking in with yourself, tuning into how you're feeling, um, how your mind is operating, that you want something or don't want something. And at the end of the 24 hours, celebrate, um, realize that you've done an amazing thing. I don't think it's actually that easy to do a 24 hour detox with food or technology Um, and then kind of determine if this is something you want to make more as part of your lifestyle Um, so in terms of detoxing in small increments fasting in small increments whether it be from food and technology what's the period of time you need to abstain for it to be beneficial is 60 minutes one hour enough time to be beneficial for food, I know it's six hours. You, you accrue benefit after six hours. Okay. With technology, I'm not sure. I think any intentional-based um, stopping of using of technology is going to be a great start. Okay. Well, I want to thank Paul Alexander for coming out and once again uh, giving us some great ideas to detox and get off our technology to create a little bit of balance. If anyone out there gives this a try, we would love to hear how it went. You can get in touch with us at TechBytesHRN on Twitter and Instagram or TechBytesHRN at Gmail. We're on Facebook. Paul is on Facebook also. Um, If you want to check out his website, that's pkalexander.com. I think we'd all love to hear if anybody put some of this into use, what their experience was. And if they have recommendations, because the more people that do it and have an experience and say that it's okay, I think the more that encourages people like Brent to give it a try. I'm Jennifer Leutzi. This is Tech Bytes. Come back and see us next Monday at 1 p.m. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.